0: Hey, welcome to number 100, episode 100 of the Scoped Podcast. Holy crap. Have we really made it this far? After all the beers we've drank and good conversations, we're still here. We are back and better than ever. And I'll tell you, I'm happy to be back doing this. Atlanta's Rock Ambassador doing what I do best. We had a little bit of a break in between 99 and 100. Damn you for that COVID. But we're back, baby, and I am just, uh, I'm ready to get to it. And this, I could not have picked a better uh, guest for number 100 than Pistols at Dawn, one of Atlanta's best bands. I'm going to put them in the list of uh, one of the top Atlanta bands of all time. They're just that good. Uh, Incredible conversation we had whether we were talking about all the personal stories of rock and metal legends that they have Devin fixed Iron Maiden's plane that's a great story that I can't wait for you to hear so whether we were talking about that or how they shot music videos in kink stores and insane asylums, this conversation goes everywhere. The stories are legendary and the laughs are many. Welcome to episode number 100 of the Scoped Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Heaton. Thank you for being here. And now, with no further ado, step into my world. I'm Sight. Let's go. have Three pistols at dawn songs, pistols at dawn songs. I can't, I said that earlier. It sounds like pistols at dawn songs. Okay, we
1: have a guitarist who calls us pistols Pistols of of dawn,
0: pistols of dawn.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, wow, pistols of dawn. He's he's, that's actually a better name. No, no, pistols of (laughs) dawn. It sounds a little more hardcore. Pistols of dawn. If we
1: were like serious metal act, yes,
0: yeah, y'all are a a metal act.
1: We are, we are. If we were like death metal, I'd say like of dawn.
2: Howitzer, Howitzer yeah. at sunrise. You know what I mean? That's our, that's our new thing. You howitzer at sunrise.
0: I started uh, a segment called the Burn Barrel on my social media, and I did the other day the influential bands of death metal, uh, and it was a fun little segment I started. Just something fun on uh, on social media that I do now. All
2: right. Uh, who's, who, who's your influences?
0: Uh, well, it's not just mine. It's all around too. So death, Deicide. Behemoth, and Cannibal Corpse. I've, I've
2: like f- almost everybody on that list.
0: Oh, man, I could talk death metal all day. Freaking
2: deicide, man. Jesus Christ, come on. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, when you think of death cannibal metal, corpse. you think of deicide. So let me let me tell you a funny story about are, are Cannibal corpse? corpse. Yeah. Oh, no shit. So Cannibal Corpse, uh, I was back home in Seattle. I was with my uh, my cousin, and him and I are the, the metalheads of my family, right? Like for the black sheep, you know, whatever. And uh him and I went to the show at the um Aztec Theater in Seattle, and it was Cannibal Corpse and it was GWAR. Oh right. So we're fifteen years old, you know what I mean? And uh Cannibal Corpse starts the show with fucked with a knife. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I can we curse on this thing? Yeah, yeah. Sweet, oh yeah.
1: Sweet. Fuck yeah. you, Devin.
0: <laughs> hey fuck you Adam.
1: Go ahead. Uh so
0: Yeah, just make I, sure you're on the mic when you're talking. So for those I, beautiful levels to be good.
2: I uh me and my 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 idiot wonderful cousin Coleman are at this kill switch or uh 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 Cannibal Corp show and they start the show with fucked with a knife and <laughs> I watch this guy Get drop kicked in the freaking chin by a dude with steel-toe Kodiak boots. You know what I mean? Like the kid got carried out in, you know, an ambulance. You know, because they thought he was freaking dead. It was it's pretty hardcore. It was awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? At a Cannibal Corpse gore show. Yes. And where was this? Uh, Seattle. This Seattle. The Aztec Theater. Yeah. Hometown, buddy. Year? Uh, ninety-eight. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. and
0: then that's like the like when I think of '90s. I, when I look I, immediately when you said that, I went back to Rage Against the Machine shows sure. in the '90s of like sure. Sure. you know YouTube videos I've seen. Like you know, just people like just focus on the music. You know, you don't see lights in the uh, the crowd. You know, people are watching it not through their phone. Yeah. And so I, I think of a Cannibal Corpse gore show in the '90s, and I just think fucking people are dying. Yeah, I, I just think mosh pits like yeah. were the way mosh pits yeah. really are. Yeah, sure, Dude,
1: sure. Uh, you brought up Rage. So the very first uh, heavy rock metal show at Phillips Arena was uh, Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. The first weekend of Phillips Arena was Elton John, like on Friday, in Rage Against the Machine in one of their only tours ever to come to Atlanta mm-hmm. at Phillips Arena. So I go, and I'm so excited, and finally you get to see fucking Rage Against the Machine, and I've got floor tickets, and the floor's packed, and you know, this is a fucking show. And they don't need theatrics, they don't need fucking production. In fact, they don't have any. It's basically, you get there, and there's just fucking Rage on the stage, and you know what? And that's all you need. That's all you need, but wait, so so, so they play their whole fucking catalog, it's the greatest fucking show ever, I'm standing there on the fucking floor, (laughs) and then... Out of fucking no, And everyone's going crazy, you know, because they're just so fucking amazing at what they do. And they hate each other. And out of fucking nowhere, I, ca- I see this thing flying through the fucking air and crack. My head gets hit <laughs> by something. Okay. I don't know what the fuck it was. I, I think I do now. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was a bottle. Someone threw a fucking bottle out of the fucking stand, cracked me in the head, and I don't have any fucking hair. I'm goddamn bald. And it just cracked my fucking head open. Blood is spurting everywhere, all over my face. I mean, this is fucking rage, dude. I'm at a fucking metal show. I mean, and let me tell you something. Let me tell you about rage. The cops don't give a shit about rage because they go, they go off about the fucking cops and you know cop killers and this, that, the other, and uh, killing in the name of and all that shit. So... So but they have the cops under the place waiting in case there's a fucking melee. So here I am, blood everywhere, everyone's like freaking out. Oh my God, this fucking guy's dying, all this shit. I'm like, dude, I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I couldn't see there was blood all over my face. So they take me underneath the fucking stage into the into the back area. And you'd think I was like, Okay, they're gonna bring me to an ambulance, they'll take me to the hospital. No, sir. They take me to the back. There's a fucking triage there, like a goddamn hospital. Okay. They were prepared for this. They have nurses and doctors waiting there. And there's like 20 people getting fucking treatment. And all they do is the fucking nurse came over. They're like, oh, uh, he cracked his fucking head open. Okay. Clean it out. Put him, put him back together and tell him to get to the hospital in three hours. So they fucking clean all this blood off my face, clean out my fucking wound, put a fucking, you know, like like that old fucking show back in a hundred years ago, MASH, you know, when they put the, put the white fucking bandage over your face, okay? And they put the bandage over my fucking whole face. So here I am, I come out of the, they're like, okay, get to the hospital in three hours, you need stitches, okay? I was like, do I need to go now? They're like, no, 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 you're fine. Go enjoy the rest of the show. They fucking throw me back into the fucking pit into the goddamn front of the place. I stood in the fucking back of the goddamn pit with my fucking army bandage. And Goddamn, if I didn't watch the whole motherfucking show.
0: And with that, we welcome to the Scope Podcast, <laughs> episode number 100, Pistols at Dawn.
1: What's up, my brother? Thank you
0: all. Yay, pasa. <laughs> uh, let me just uh, preface this. I love, 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 love Pistols
2: at Dawn. Well, we love that you love Pistols at Dawn.
1: We love you, like you, love Pistols and
2: Darn. This,
0: most features ever on Homebrew, uh, and not just, like, you know, the same song over and over, and over original songs, most features. Uh, I actually have two, maybe three of them to play on today's episode. We have Cold, we have Voices, we have All You Offer. Fuck yes. Oh, yeah. And I remember the first time Adam sent me, uh, when you sent me Voices, my wife will tell you, because I was working from home at the time. She was working from home at the time, and I just played it over and over and over. And I'm,
2: voices,
0: voices. And I'm just like, ugh. I can't it's even. So I can't. It's so annoying.
2: It's so annoying that it's catchy like that, right? It, it
0: it's, it's stuck in your head. You're like, I don't want to listen to it, right. but I got to, because it's voices.
1: <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I remember sending the video to you. Uh, the first time you heard it, and you replied back, you're just like, uh, I I, I just lost track of time. I I lost time. (laughs) I did. Like, it it, it transports you, and that was, like, the biggest... I called them, I called Devin up, and I was like, dude, you fucking love that shit. I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) And then then I sent you some other stuff, and you were like... I was like, yeah, man, this is going to be good.
2: Yeah, it still blows me away that people actually, like like our music. And pay they pay money to see you. Yeah. <laughs> it it blows me away, you know. I look at Adam all the time like we have this uh we've been having this running joke for years and years and years. Uh that that movie uh that thing you do, mm-hmm. you know. Uh I was calling sketch, you know, and Spartacus, you know, and every time we were playing this big ass show I, I look back at the the drums and I'm like, "Sketch, <laughs> how did we get here? You know? <laughs> and you he always says, do, he's right? like, I'm Spartacus. Right?
1: Have you seen that thing you do? No. Okay, you need to go home tonight yeah. and watch that. Oh, yeah, 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 I oh. mean, you're, you're a fucking DJ. Come on. Right. You, 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 it's like one of the quintessential yeah, it's good. music movies. It's,
2: good. It's, it's, it's right up there with uh, Almost Famous, right? Almost Famous is Never probably. Never oh, Famous.
1: Dude, take his, take his music <laughs> card. Jesus fucking Devin, Christ. Devin. Right. You,
2: you. Devin, you, take his I'm, music I'm going to take your job right now. Holy I'm, I'm, shit. I'm going to be the DJ. Where's right? Axel?
1: <laughs> Dude, we need to talk about his job. Jesus uh, No, it's a great movie. It's, it's a great
2: movie. Dude, it's a great run home. Movie. Almost call Famous. Your wife,
1: tell her you're having date night tonight. She's pregnant. She needs to sit there and fucking watch a movie anyway.
0: I've never okay. seen private parts with, like Howard Stern. Okay. Yeah, that's all I, right. I've never yeah. seen any of them. I mean, fam- okay, so
1: listen, yeah. Listen, almost. Fa- I'll let Devin finish. what So he was saying, almost, almost um- famous is is just the quintessential. Okay, right. holy so fuck,
2: moly. I am. I holy am the. Yeah. With this band, I'm I'm the hardcore metalhead. Yes, right. Agreed. I mean, I love metal. Yeah. Right, my brother. The heavier, he the more aggressive, the better. Right. <sighs> God, I love that. Um, however, my favorite band of all time is Led Zeppelin. Right. Uh, that's how I learned how to play guitar. I taught myself how to play guitar by listening to Led Zeppelin two, you know, when I was 15. Um, However, what is great about Almost Famous is, where do I start? Uh, So Stillwater, the band in the movie, is factually supposed to be the Allman Brothers and Led Zeppelin together, you know, Uh, because the guy that directed the movie actually wrote, for the Rolling Stones, or Rolling Stone, and his first gig was to go on tour with Led Zeppelin in 1975. So it's very cool. It's just a very, very cool.
1: cool
0: thing. So, Is that the movie with the woman with the glasses on the cover of it? Yes. It yeah, looks yes. like a chick flick. No. I think no. that's why I've never watched it. No.
1: no. It's great. No, it's, it's great. I mean, it's
2: like if you, if, if anybody out there that wants to know what it's like being in a band, yes. that is legitimately the most accurate fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know,
0: I would have to dispute that. It's Wayne's World.
2: Well, I mean, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Wayne's World.
1: I feel like I'm going to... I have to do it. Wayne's World. Wayne's World.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no. Almost Famous. You got to check it out.
1: Almost Famous and That Thing You Do. You have to see both.
2: What is That Thing You Do? So
1: That Thing You Do is about a one-hit wonder band back in like the 50s. That's the Onetters. The Onetters. The Onetters. And you'll get that joke when you see the movie. But it's with uh, Tom Hanks. And um, it's just... It's another quintessential just uh, if you want to see what it's like being in a fucking band that falls apart and goes through all the drama and, you know, this, that, the other. Both, both movies really show kind of the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. one in the 50s and 60s, early 60s, and one uh, in the 70s. And Almost Famous is your date night tonight. Like, that's like, like, I can watch it 10,000 times. Yeah. You know, it's like if you like football, you watch fucking Rudy, you know? Mm-hmm. The Natural, if you like baseball, almost fucking famous. If you're a musician, All right? So,
0: which one for baseball?
2: The, the natural. natural. Never seen it. Robert. Oh. oh my God. Oh, holy! We're gonna give you a list, dude. <laughs> dude, this this gonna right a list. is right down a list of day. movies I gotta watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By the way, by the way, introduce yourselves. Who you are and what you do in the band. Go for it. I'm Adam. I'm the drummer. All right. Uh, Devin White, and I play triangle. <laughs> and sometimes I play guitar <laughs> uh, Devin you are of, the, are of the Irish descent, correct? Uh, yes sir, that's correct Do, do you hail from Ireland? Uh, so, I was born in Belfast Oh um, nice My parents are f- from there uh, And I'm Irish Catholic Which means I am harder than a coffin nail And <laughs> He's legit
1: if you want to drink <laughs> like, we, can, like we, we can
2: we can go to town <laughs> we you know.
1: see he asked me before we came over he's like should we pick up some shit let's pick up some goodies i was like i was like i don't know i don't know we let's be professional we'll go to the station we won't bring yeah. a bottle with us we're going to bring a fucking bottle next
0: time <laughs> next time yes yes well you're right.
1: going to get two devins you're going to get today devin and then you're going to get next time devin he had a few beers at practice
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But next time, we'll bring a handle
2: with it. We we call it creative sauce. You know Creative what I mean? sauce, yeah. Creative sauce. It's like uh, Dave Grohl. I
0: was uh reading that his pre-show drink routine involves like three Coors Lights, right. three shots, right. and then he takes a Coors Light sure. on uh Every stage. Night.
2: Sure. Every sure. night. Sure. Yeah. Fuck. Sure. Yeah. That dude is an unhuman. He's so unhuman. I, I, I played a... F- <laughs> it's funny you bring up Dave Grohl. <laughs> God damn, my throat's fucking dry. Um... <laughs> So it's funny that you bring up Dave Grohl. Uh, last night, I was uh, playing all this bullshit for a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, having grown up in s- Seattle, right, everybody assumes I've got the finger on the pulse of everything grunge. And I love grunge. You know what I mean? I love it. But so.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, interjection. Watch the movie Singles as well. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. Almost Famous singles, singles The Natural. You if you like grunge and you want to see like the beginnings of grunge, yeah. they have all of the initial. They have all the first bands and singles. It's, it's 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 uh, who's the director of Almost it's Famous? Same thing as Almost right, Famous. Who's the director?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Cameron, Cameron Crow. Yeah, Cameron. So Crow. Cameron
1: Crow did say anything? Remember that back? Oh yeah, me? yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, his his he was first also married to that. the guitar
2: player from Heart for a long time. Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. So his first movie, he was he worked for Rolling Stone. He wrote for Rolling Stone. So his first uh, movie was singles, and it was all about the grunge era. So a very cool movie anyway. Go ahead, Darren.
2: So anyway, um, thank you, Adam, for that interjection. I'm here. Oh, um, very kind to each other. But Dave Grohl, right? Uh, uh, I had to show this video to a friend of mine because uh, it's funny as fuck. Have you ever heard Dave Grohl do uh, Christopher Walken? Have no, I Have heard his uh, impression of Christopher that. Walken? Yeah. It's fucking flawless, you know? Uh, he's he's talking about them playing uh, Saturday Night Live, and Christopher Walken comes up and he says, do you guys put the emphasis on foo or fighters? You know, and Dave Grohl's like, yeah, it's Christopher Walken. We know what he's going to do. You know, he's like, we we put it on the fighters, you know. And uh, so he inter- introduces him. He says, ladies and gentlemen, foo fighters. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like he goes off on this whole thing. Dave Grohl has the best fucking Christopher Walken impression ever, you know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. But he also has this great freaking story about Pantera, right? You and I, Pantera. Pantera. You know what I'm talking about. Fucking motherfucking Pantera. God motherfucking Pantera, you know? All day, all night. So Dave Grohl goes on this whole diatribe about how he was moving from California back to Virginia. And he left his wallet on a gas pump and like, ventura california or something like that and uh they were friends with pantera right and at the time they owned a uh, strip club pantera did of course pantera mm-hmm. right why wouldn't they own a strip club you know so uh uh dave Grohl and taylor hawkins drive from california to texas and their strip club used to be called the dollhouse i've been there it's actually a shitty place <laughs> you know <laughs> it's pantera what would you expect you know But, um, so they got to the strip club and they wouldn't let him in because Dave Grohl didn't have his wallet, you know? So they kicked him out. They wouldn't fucking let him in, (laughs) you know? It's like, I'm Dave fucking Grohl. Yeah. We don't (laughs) know who you are. It's crazy. (laughs) He ended up finding his wallet like 10 years later or some shit like that. I don't know. A fan found it. Yeah. Send Um, it to him. Well, so a fan of the Foo Fighters' parents owned the gas station and him and his daughter, Dave Grohl... We're in a surf shop up in Ventura or something like that, and um, uh, the chick that was checking him out said, excuse me, are you Dave Grohl? And he says, yeah, yeah, I am. said, did you leave your wallet in Ventura in 2001 or whatever it was, you know? And he's like, yeah, I did. And she pulls it out and gives it to him right there. (laughs) Credit cards are still there. All the cash is still there. His license is still in the, you know, I mean... Only Dave Grohl, right? Oh I mean my God. <laughs> unreal. patron saint of rock and roll.
0: Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Holy shit. <laughs> now, have y'all ever seen Dave Grohl
2: live at the Foo Fighters?
0: Uh, uh millions of times. Together. Yeah. When I've seen them uh at when they played Bobby Dodd, or not Bobby Dodd, sorry. Um I didn't think about Bobby Dodd. Turner Field. Turnerfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turner Field. And then at that pop up at Atlantic Station, yeah, weekend of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I up,
1: love
2: a, thing, a Foo Fighters show, man, dude. It, dude, so Adam and I—I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Adam. I didn't mean to trample on you. You're good. Um. So him and I saw uh Foo Fighters, shit, man. This is a while back, like twelve years ago. Yeah, something like that. The first time I'd ever really actually seen them, other than a yeah. festival setting. Yeah, me as well. And they played Gwinnett. <clears throat> yeah, it was Gwinnett Arena. Yeah, and. Dude, they played for like three and a half hours. Three and hours. a half
1: fucking hours. Holy shit! And I'll never forget for the rest of my life. So they play their set for two, two and a half hours, and you're just like, everyone at the conclusion of that is wasted. You know, they just put you through it. Like it's total, total energy, as you know, and uh, especially when they headline. And then they go backstage. They bring their fucking camera and they they put it on. They put it on Dave or they put it on Taylor, and they're like, okay, based on the amount of noise that you that you generate right now and the energy you bring will dictate how many, how many, uh, uh, female, how many songs how he many play. songs they play yeah. in the encore. Sure. So he raises his finger. Here's one. Uh, he raises his finger and everybody's going crazy. Two. Everybody's going crazy. Three. Everybody's going crazy. Four. Everybody's going crazy. I'm like, okay, they're going to come back out. No, no. Five. Everybody's <laughs> going crazy. Six. Everybody's going crazy. Seven. Everybody's going crazy. I swear to God, they played 10 more fucking songs. They came out and played a whole nother set after two and a half hours. I don't, comprehend and it was as energetic and crazy as the initial part you know as the initial two and a half hours and i don't like i'm a drummer and i beat the shit out of the drums
2: can't and, confirm
1: thank you and you know taylor hawkins is a badass motherfucking drummer played and for
2: alanis morissette he, for the food fighters He,
1: i'll never forget on the
2: jagged little yeah. pill album yeah,
1: yeah. I, i'll never legit. forget seeing him on the grammys doing that yeah. and uh uh, you were just like, uh, he's in the wrong band. And then next thing you know, he's in the Foo Fighters. So, but long story short is, how the fuck does Taylor Hawkins go through the pain of playing for three and a half hours? Like, no. I don't grasp that. That's stamina, like, unlike any other. Uh, he's a
2: fucking alien. He's, he's definitely on your kind of diet. You know what I mean? On, I, on the
0: plant-based diet? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 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 Not, not a lot of red meat, you know. The greens, a lot of he's water. Like,
1: yeah, like I'm thin and he's fucking stick thin. Yeah. Like that
0: like, I mean, I I have no, I have never played the drums. I've always said if I could play an instrument, it would be the drums. Mm. Uh so you're saying a three and a half hour set straight on the drums is just like it's, re- obsi- it's obsi-
1: no, you don't see that. I mean, how many how many acts can you honestly say play for more than an hour and a half? You know, even the, the 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 legacy acts that are been around for 100 years with 30 albums, they'll play for the max what? 2 hours Metallica. Metallica will play for 2 hours, you know? 2 hours 15 minutes.
2: We Dude, we three. actually saw them when they came into Townless this, this last time. It was oh, yeah. a great show. That was a great happy. show.
0: That was my wife's first uh Metallica show. We were on that the floor. Been. She was pregnant Were You guys there? We
2: were we Oh probably, yeah, yeah. We Son of a right bitch. Near yeah. Near you. yeah. We were there. We should have hung out.
0: We should have. Why, why? We need yeah. to hang out more on these now that yeah. everything's opening back up.
1: Done. Let's go. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, Lars, I'm sure, sure is extremely fucking tired <laughs> after two hours. Dude, fucking three and a half. Uh, that's and, and
0: it's not like, you know, Foo Fighters, you know, Taylor Hawkins, not just going like... <laughs> taking a break. <laughs> no. And he's not just playing easy songs. I mean, yeah. these are like, these are fast-paced songs. They
1: did right. an interview with Dave Grohl recently, and they asked him how the fuck does he do that every night, just singing. Yeah. And he said, I don't have a cocaine. Clue. He's like, I asked myself... I asked myself at the conclusion of each show, how the fuck am I going to do it again tomorrow? But (laughs) amazingly, I do it.
0: I mean, he screams like he's just yelling. Like, you know, a Foo Fighters show is just, it's one of the most electric things ever.
1: I I wanted to tell you one other thing before we switch to something else. Um, um, Going back to our little uh, death metal thing, speed Mm -hmm. metal thing, I just wanted to throw in my two cents on one thing. So I actually, my very first death metal show Mm -hmm. Uh, was I saw Living Color at Center Stage here when Living Color was doing pretty well. I was real little. And me and my buddy, we were tiny. We were little kids. And our parents dropped us off at Center Stage. And we're going to see Living Color. Well, they didn't tell us that the band opening for Living Color was called No Walls. And I don't know if you've ever heard of No Walls, but Mm. they're one of the original speed metal acts. And so me and my buddy are up at the front, and we're so excited, and we're going to see Living Color. And they're they're like, "Welcome, no walls from wherever the fuck they were from." They come out and they kick in. Oakland. One of the heaviest they're from ever. Oakland. What's that?
2: They're from Oakland.
1: Are they? Yeah. You, one of the heaviest fucking speed metal sets you've death metal speed metal sets you've ever seen in your life, and we got our ass fucking kicked. Buddy and I, like we were l- these little bitty kids at the front row of the Living Color No Wall sh- show at Center Stage, which is tiny. You know, it's packed. in the fucking pit, I, like this is back in the day when fucking pits were fucking violent. Like you were there to fuck some shit up. And we got, we were fucking violated that night. I, I will never forget it for the rest of my life anyway. That's my two cents. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm looking at him, I'm just looking at his face. All right. So you <laughs> didn't know is, that story. <laughs> this is uh episode number one hundred of the Scope Podcast with Pistols at Dawn, one of uh my whoa, favorite whoa. Atlanta bands of all time. Whoa. And right now I want to play a song. Um uh, let's do voices on voices. this. So anything yeah. y'all want to say about this song, Voices?
2: So, um the voices. Um so me and uh Um, My bass player Bill who is aside from Adam uh, One of my best friends on the planet. He's the first guy I met in Atlanta when I moved here from Seattle and him and I wrote this song a long time ago and uh, We we all got together in 2015 right Mm -hmm. and uh, We kind of cultivated this song as to what it is now and dude I I fucking love this song you know, I mean, yeah, so, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so when we were writing the EP, uh, the Nocturnal Youth EP, um, we we write, the musicians get together um, without vocals, and we just get together and we just play. And I remember, I'll never forget the day Devin played the riff for What Turned Into Voices. And uh, it was just one of those, you, you know, you hear musicians a lot, you hear musicians a lot talk about those special moments where shit just comes together and it's like an epiphany or whatever. I don't know. It was one of those moments. He played he played uh, uh, the riff and showed me the parts that they had come up with previously, and then I threw in my two cents, and it was one of those things where I think even same day the song was done and we were just all looking at each other like we got something special here. And Yeah, uh, I
2: mean, it took us an hour to yeah, write that song write after. That song. after so, you know, yeah,
1: it's pretty special. Yeah. And then the video— um we we got like a thousand our, our director got like a thousand candles and um I remember calling the band and I was like yeah we're going to do this video in this really small venue and they're going to bring in a thousand candles it's going to be really cool mood and intimate and this, you know, they're, they're like what the fuck are you talking yeah, about dude, and yeah. I was like I was like just have some vision we're going to it's just going to be us a thousand candles a tiny fucking stage and voices this powerful fucking monstrous song and they're like yeah adam's lost his fucking mind i was like just trust me and then it turned out to be this amazing day and this beautiful fucking mood and here's this powerful fucking song in this really cool tiny little room during the thick of the pandemic and we had to kind of stay away from each other and but we fucking made it happen and and uh that's what turned out and it's a special song
2: so also a little side note um uh us in the band, we have a nickname for Adam. It's uh Bear Jew, right? Bear Jew. And uh our our thing is uh trust him Bear Jew, you know? If he says something that sounds kinda uh, you know Isn't that a to
0: reference see- to Inglorious Bastards? It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. Teddy Williams.
2: Yeah. Right over the wall. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. My my f- <clears throat> Well, I'll tell you about it after you play the song. But my one of my favorite moments ever was when my director called me and told me we were going to do the shoot for uh, "Gauntlet," uh, one of our initial singles. Thank you. Uh, At a at a gay Uh, sex dungeon. Sex dungeon. Okay, (laughs) in Atlanta. By the way, it's in Atlanta. And, uh, I'm not even kidding. I'm, like, I'm not making it up or being funny. Like it was a gay kink sex dungeon. And he just thought it would be the coolest venue to do this, to do this shoot. And I had to call my, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're a fucking heavy rock, you know, he, heavy rock band, rock band, metal band, whatever you want to call us. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to call these fucking guys up. We're rockers. Yeah, I'm going to call these guys up and tell them we're going to go to a, go, go shoot a video to a male kink facility I was like, are they going to clean it before we go? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Do they party before we get there? Do they party when we're there? I mean, like, what happens? And he's like, just trust me. And this is one of those things where we just had to trust our director. And so, and, and I called the guys and I was like, well, here's the link. I I just, just, it's going to happen and just, we'll just deal with it. We get there and, and unbelievably, that was one of the most fun videos we've ever made in our, in our careers and the kink place was fucking dope as shit with all the chains and whips and teddy bears. <laughs> a lot bears of, of Jamison was drinking. Sour rooms
2: that. and huh? a lot of Jameson. Was
1: there was a lot of right. liquor and, and there's a lot of antibacterial fucking spray. That's all I remember. Anyway. <laughs> Gauntlet. Yeah, no. Uh, no.
0: Such a great song. I want to play that at some point. Cool. That is a phenomenal track. But here it is. Uh, might be my favorite Pistols at Dong. F- dong. Why do I keep saying Pistols at Dong song? Pistols at Dong, <laughs> Devin. We're
1: changing the name. That Dong
2: Dong Song song.
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> there, we, we might get banned from like Facebook if we call ourselves Pistols at Dong. There's a place uh, in... And, uh, <laughs> Maybe where where's
0: um oh shit um Buford Highway you know where all the yeah. great you know authentic restaurants are sure my wife and I went to one called So Kong Dong So Kong Dong, So-Kong right. Dong. You know what? that's what it sounds like So Dong, Dong. Yeah. Right.
2: I've been there. Right. Phenomenal place. It's right around the corner from where I work, actually.
0: My wife uh, stole uh, a sign in the women's bathroom that says, please don't stand up on the toilet. It's, it's uh, on the wall above our toilet, not our bathroom. <laughs> Here it is. Pistols at dawn, voices. Souls at Dawn, Voices. I could listen to it a million times.
1: Grateful, brother.
0: I mean, anything?
2: Anything to say? Um, it's it's, it's mustache part.
3: It's, <laughs> it's just
1: it's just funny. We were just reminiscing off off uh, the mics while that was playing. You know, it's so funny because you know we've we've got our new album ready, which is coming soon, and and um, Voices was like a whole lifetime ago. Um, it's funny the, anytime you put out music, um, you know, we put out our singles, we put out our EP, we, we, uh, now have our full length album ready to go. We wrote voices, uh, you know, a while, a while back, ago, it's just like our lives and what's happened with the pandemic and society and just everything. It's, um, it brings back memories of what was going on in our lives, what we were writing about, how we were feeling at the time. And it's like very nostalgic, even for us just to hear that song, um, which is still, you know, very relevant and just came out last, last uh, March. And, um, you know, but we've got this whole, you know, we've got another album ready of full of music ready to go. I think we sent you a sample of it Mm -hmm. and um, we're, we took it to a whole nother level and uh, but voices, every time we hear it, it still moves us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's
2: a it's a it's it's a great song. I mean, we all we all really like playing it. It's always a really cool spot in the set when we're rehearsing, you know what I mean? Like that's one that I think, you know, all of us really look forward to playing.
1: We actually um next time you see us live um at the conclusion of that song, we put in a very dope uh Panterish I'm Broken kind of tribute. We we, we right. threw the
2: reference in there. Yeah, we oh. literally
1: go into the I'm Broken um,
2: uh, chorus during that. Oh, the, break, the breakdown. The breakdown. breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, da-da, we, we, da-da. Da-da. Yeah. so we, we, we jam
1: that out of the conclusion of Voices, and I do this drumming thing before Voices starts, and then we go into that, and it's just a, kind of our big finale uh, at our last couple shows. And, well, uh, I, I always hated that I couldn't be at Rock the
0: Bank.
2: Yeah, man, we missed yeah, you that there. Was, that was that was a fun night, dude. It, it was, was fun. a fun Actually, night. Actually, I still I still feel like an asshole about this because uh <laughs> fucking uh Axel showed up, right? Mm-hmm. Axel and his wife, and uh <laughs> dude, we had already given out all of our backstage bracelets, you know what I mean? And Axel walked up to the bar and I'm just like, Hey bro, what's going on? you know, blah 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 blah. Come on backstage. Nope. Can't go back. <laughs> they know? literally had security guards there. They weren't letting other people <laughs> yeah. back. Would not and let so backstage. so I
1: remember, he, I think either Devin or somebody else came and got me. They're like, Adam Axel's here. And 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 I had gotten to know Axel when we came and did our interview and through all of our communications and everything um, um, with Rock 100.5, who we can't thank enough. And You guys kick ass. Yeah, they really do. And... I just remember coming out front and there's, there's Axel with his wife and, and I'm just like, Hey, and I was like, we were listening to this, one of the local bands and he was just, he was, it, it was, it was definitely, he came for our set and it was definitely special for us to have him there. They had some, uh, audio issues that night. The, the sound guy, it was, it, it really sucks because we were playing our asses off and the sound guy, um, He had a meltdown that night and so the first couple songs
2: emotional and physical
1: Yeah, like he was fucked in the head like they literally we have runners Um, What a lot of bands will do is you know while we're playing our set We've got some runners out there and they're listening to what's coming out because we can't actually hear front of house what's coming out to the crowd. And if there's any audio issues, they go and they tear up the fucking sound guy who's in the back of the house and tell him what to fucking fix. So we had two runners out there ripping his fucking head off and Axel seeing the runners go back and forth over to us, back to the sound guy, over to us, back to the sound guy. And uh, eventually they literally had to go down to center stage. They had steve there that night. Mm-hmm. Steve-O was there and... Uh, Um, they go down, they get the main sound guy from center stage, they bring him up to the fucking loft, and he had to literally correct all the problems that the dumbass sound guy, no offense to him, he's a fucking dumbass, uh, did that night. And there's Axel, the fucking program director, fucking Rock 100.5, there for a fucking show, standing in the front with his fucking wife in support of us. And, you know, we, we played our asses off and he stayed for a while and he texted me afterwards and told me we had a great set yeah. and that he just really felt bad for the fucking sound guy because our fucking runners, they're these two girls, um, they were ripping the fucking sound guy's head off about the sound issues because they knew Axel was standing there. We wanted to make sure we had a good show and in Rock 100.5, and Axel and you, Jackson, had given us so so much support for Rock the Bank, the uh, benefit we put on for the Atlanta Food Bank, and we just wanted this show to be so special and everything, and it was. And the bands had a great night there, and we were, everybody we raised money and the food bank. Uh, was so proud of us and happy and just the whole the whole thing was beautiful. And um,
2: But yeah, I'll never forget the fucking
1: sound guy. Fuck yeah,
2: we guy. we definitely missed you there. Yeah long, oh,
1: long so, but You had you had but I think you got a pass though my friend you who were so supportive of us all the way up to that So many so many spots on the radio for us for that for that special night Um And so much support just online and everywhere. You had your first, I think the parents came in or you had your first shower or something that night? I I had to go. Uh, We were just, we were just, we were, what were we doing? It was something with my wife's
0: like distant family or like extended family. Oh yeah, pregnancy. It was, our, it, was it was our pregnancy announcement with her, like you know, celebrating the pregnancy with that part of free her family. Free pass, free pass, yeah, free pass, free, free pass. pass. Yeah, on yeah, that yeah. one, dude. I mean, no, in- she just had her. We just had our first of uh, three showers. She's having. She's getting three showers, dude. Three? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all are spoiled. smart. You're never gonna have to buy a thing. We don't, dude. I I have everything <laughs> in um, my house ready to go. I have all the furniture. I have everything. It's in boxes. I'm getting the carpets clean next week, uh, and then we're gonna set everything up.
2: So, uh, boy, girl. Boy. Yeah, that's a boy. Nice.
1: Baby
0: boy, he man. Oh, oh, I'm oh, so yeah. excited. I've I I never I mean, been more he, excited he, about he
1: anything in the, my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call him JJ. Dude. Jackson I mean, Jr. He gets to take <laughs> yeah. his fucking son to metal shows. Think oh. About he gets oh, to... Yeah. Uh, he gets right. to go back. I mean, he's, dude, he's a fucking top DJ. He gets sure. to go backstage and introduce his son right. to all the metal acts oh, yeah. and have them yeah. on the radio. Oh, yeah. But let me just let me bring up one thing that I mentioned on the way up please, here. Please, Adam. Uh, I'm sorry, Adam. Please, please no, bring, no, no, no. bring I, one thing I just want to up. mention this I'm one rude. thing on, on, the, uh, on the way up here. Uh, I had told Jackson, because I actually have a child, having a child is like getting a face tattoo. It is a permanent, awesome thing that will never go away. And um, I'm very excited for your for your <laughs> for the permanency of this. It is a it is a my child who is a fucking terror and I love her more than life itself. Like oh, she is, you have a dog. She, she is a ninja. She is, she, is a, a ninja. she would steal your fucking wallet, dude. She is relentless. <laughs> She's cool as shit. She knows it. She's manipulative as a motherfucker. She would come in here, find your wallet, slit your throat, and not even think twice about it. And, and then I'm just glad she go up likes to daddy me and give me a kiss you know. and to get to, you know to get a little cash to go buy something.
2: Yeah. And, but never
1: uh, turn your back on her, dude. This girl, she's I love part of the Mossad, dude. You know? <laughs> she might be. She might. My, my wife thought I was uh, like a Russian spy, and she thought my baby, our baby, even though she gave birth to our baby at Northside, she, she, uh, she, uh, she uh, she's like, yeah, you're, my daughter really looked like a fucking Russian. Like, however Russians look, Russian babies look, well, my my daughter looked like a fucking Russian baby or a Ukrainian baby, however you want to say it, an Eastern European baby. Um, and they were like, they were like, uh, uh, she just always thought, my wife always thought I was a Rus- uh, a spy. And uh, You do look kind of conspicuous. A little bit, a little bit. I'm a fucking drummer, what do you want? <laughs> and we're, we're fucked up people. But I'm just excited for what you're about to have to go through. The last five years of my life with my daughter uh, has been, been a fucking adventure and let me just tell you it is special in every way and how old is she five five okay and it goes like that i thought you were about to say she was a teenager no. being like a terror like you know she'd steal your wallet and all that nah dude she's five and she'll steal your fucking wallet she will
2: dude. she will literally walk downstairs stop practice just to show me a new dance move she's
1: yeah, she'll, she'll come in and dominate the place. She'll be like, yeah. fuck y'all, stop. Yeah. Devin, I'm going to sing for you. Sit yeah. down and watch. So she's the kind that's going to wear the pants in any relationship she's ever in. I'm, I'm training sure. her for that. Specific <laughs> purpose. <Yeah. laughs> yes, I, I intend to have a very strong, powerful daughter who yeah. will not not take shit.
0: The, re- the reason I want a daughter one day is just so uh, my best friend and I, uh, who uh, was a former spec ops in the Air Force, and so him and I can re enter or reenact the Bad Boys 2 scene with Reggie. And Reggie comes to the door. With
2: the shotgun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. You ever is done that? prison? Ever done, time pr- <laughs> ever done time in prison? <laughs> you ever
0: made love to a man? No. Yeah. You want to? Want to? No, no sir. <laughs> <laughs> I want to reiterate. I want to reenact that scene so bad. Yeah. But yes, I'm very excited to be a father. Uh, I've never been more excited for anything. My wife is just such a fucking trooper. She's done so great in this pregnancy. We got like 10 weeks left if he comes on time.
1: Dude, that's like
0: tomorrow. Oh, I know, What's dude. What's your due date? Uh, it's the first week of May. He's. He, it was technically May 8th, Mother's Day, but he's running like a week ahead or measuring a week ahead, apparently. Wow.
1: Yeah. What, where, where are you? Uh... Northside for Scythe, dude. It's it's Northside has it down. It's like, it is literally a fucking baby factory. That's what they say about
0: the Atlanta location. We're is it gonna not go the to the, same. We're gonna go to the. There's two locations. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta yeah. Northside for Scythe and,
1: and for Scythe. You'll you'll actually it's up like in, uh,
2: the coming area or yeah yeah coming yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Well,
1: you'll have much more peace there. Yeah. Because the one here in Atlanta is like a fucking factory It is literally a factory. We gave birth there. Um, I'm gonna give you a piece of advice. Okay. Okay. You ready? So. What's interesting and what they don't really tell you is that when you, when you check in, okay, they no telling how long the fuck it's going to last. Like my thing, my wife took three days to give birth. Holy so I'm shit. sitting there, sitting there for fucking three days while they induced her. And um, she, I'm seeing things at three o'clock in the morning while she's screaming in pain. Like it was a crazy fucked up experience. But the best piece of advice I can give you, is bring a big basket of fucking go to Costco or wherever you shop for snacks and shit and uh, grab a big basket of fucking snacks and little drinks and just little fucking, you know, chocolate and stuff and you bring it around to all the fucking nurses and you have it there for the nurses to come in your room because what they don't tell you is that the nurse that you might have for the first 10 hours they'll go off shift and you've become like really close with them and, and their you just have now, someone else and then me. some stranger fucking comes in but here's what's cool. I had this, I had heard about doing this and I had this monster fucking basket of goodies and so here I am I I made sure all the fucking doctors knew it. All the nurses knew it. So what happened? They all just kept coming, checking on us. Oh, how are you? How are you? How are you? Let's check on... Dude, let's go to that room. Let's go to that room. Let's go to that room. And all the nurses loved us. And so they constantly just will give you care. And not that they wouldn't otherwise. I'm just saying like it was a really effective thing to do.
0: We have gotten advice from everybody, advice that we wanted, advice we didn't want that is the best piece of <laughs> advice I think I've been given. I'm assuming you don't have kids.
2: I am actually the only bachelor in the band.
1: Can, can, can I? We can't validate that. <laughs> Meaning, there's no telling. Meaning there could be a paternity <laughs> suit at any time, Jackson. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't vouch for that shit. Hey, there, listen, his fucking listen. 13 year old kid might walk through the fucking door today. <laughs> like daddy, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Devin, Devin, the, the eternal bachelor in our band, he, he has spread his seed <laughs> throughout the Georgia area. And I can't vouch for any of that. He's a lover. Devin,
0: are you are you scared of commitment or is it just something you don't want?
2: He's so, a fucking serial monogamous. All right. So I come from a big family, obviously. Big read, Irish, Irish Catholic, Catholic.
0: You got a lot I of brothers know. and sisters, aunts uh, and twenty
2: that. nieces and nephews. His, Holy last, shit. his last name's White, by the way. <sighs> so he's So Irish. um I don't know, man. You know, I I I got to an age and, you know, I've got a good job outside of the band, so I get to get all willy-nilly with life and enjoy it and what do you do outside of the band uh i am actually a uh crew chief oh. uh for gulfstream aircraft so
1: i you work on right? vip jets yeah
2: you know so, wow yeah yeah uh so it affords me the ability to do some cool shit outside of you know the band stuff and i That's enjoy code it. for and Having a lot of sex. <laughs> Tommy. Do not do not listen to Bear Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Tommy is also a bachelor. Yeah. Tommy well. I mean Tommy Tommy's got a kid and you know, whatever, yes. but he's the uh Nicaraguan. He's uh, like a, a our love Latino missile. lover. You like know?
1: when we do videos, our our, our shredder lead, uh, Devin writes all the songs and and does the rhythm lead. Uh, we have a shredder, his name is Tommy, and he's like a Latin lover. He, like, makes love to the camera
2: when he's, you know, that's swa- he's like Rico Suave. He gets you know? all swarthy and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know? like, we get a lot of a lot of and messages. I, I actually get an erection watching them in music videos. I'm never <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: bringing my wife around, Devin and this other yeah, guy you're uh, talking no, about. No, you don't have to worry yeah. about me.
2: You gotta worry about
1: Tommy. It's not advised. You know I mean? Yeah, Tommy would, like, he'd be like, yeah. he would, so we're at this, I told you about that That uh, gay kink place. Sex shop sex shop we yep. did the uh, yep. uh gauntlet video at so so we hired a bunch of dark circus performers <laughs> he
2: disappeared. and one of them, one of them, disappeared with one of them for like 2 hours <laughs> <laughs> one,
1: of them, one of them one of them what's that fucking app where they get all naked and shit uh uh, uh only fans uh, huh? yeah, yeah one of them yeah, was yeah, yeah. a big only fans person but she 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 was this like dark sexy circus ballerina Yeah, and um and uh, she's hot as shit in our video, and she's got we, uh,
2: We body. still to this day call her Booberilla.
1: Yeah. Booberilla? Yeah. Booberilla. So he and, I mean, like, he's like very suave. Next, we're, we're doing a video. We've got 100 different shots to do. But amazingly, we'd have like a five minute break to grab lunch or something. And where the fuck is Tommy? And where the fuck is this hot ass yeah. boob Where's chick? And, Where's Booberilla? And, you know, nowhere to be found. And we're yeah. like, Tommy, you fucked Booberilla. And he's like, he's like, maybe I did. Maybe He's I like, did. yeah, I plead the fifth. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he's, that's Tommy. Good for him, though. Yeah, you know. Right. I was proud of him. Yeah, he's, he, he, he was one of these cruise ship performers, you know, that goes and plays on rock bands on cruise ships. That's how he would, he'd make money, come back, play music, go make money, come back, play music. And, uh, so he's lad lots of, between him and Devin, the whole earth, who knows how many fucking children are out there. <laughs> and Adam, you are a lawyer. I, interestingly, own a fucking law firm. Yeah. I own... Uh, one of the busiest divorce and custody law firms in the state.
2: I'll still tell him to go fuck himself, though.
1: See, that's what
0: what I'm saying. All right, so y'all both have really good jobs, and, you know, as many... Fox, as, you know, the lawyer has said, you know, of course, lawyers are known to have, you hey, know, listen,
2: like, you set yourself up for that one. He asked it. if we could cuss, yeah, and that's that's it. Was, you know, he's worse than the Irish Catholic kid. So, I, are I mean, you wearing
1: suits during the week, Adam? No, dude. I I mean. I, I, no, no. I, I made a decision a long time ago to stop going to court. I have a group of attorneys. I send to court all over, sta- all over the state. I just work on, uh, I run the firm and make sure it's marketed well and, Holy shit. and I take care of it like that. You isn't. two are a couple badasses. We're okay.
2: Nine. We're okay, and well, and Billy, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Actually, our bass player. He's he's a fucking badass. He um, he's an auto mechanic, but he is the head of a dealership shop. Yeah. So he's like boss boss service. of a dealership. Well, yeah. So, he's just like a service. Yeah. Yeah. He he makes damn good money, and you know. He's, yeah. It, he's but, a so it's kid. real simple. He's also Irish, by the way. If oh, Sullivan, a yeah, Irish boys. If
1: our if our bus breaks down, we're good. If our car breaks down, we're good. Huh. Fucking plane breaks down. How many bands can say that? <laughs> we're fucking good. And oh, by the way, if we need a quick prenup or a quick divorce <laughs> or an annulment, we're fucking good. or paternity case, we're good. Yeah, my wife is my sugar mama, and I'm damn proud of that. Hey, I as much listen. I am a my, my, my other profession in divorce law. Uh, I'm not jaded. I am pro marriage. And let me tell you, watching your marriage, uh, kind of play out a little bit with your posts and your wife's posts and, uh, cause she's cool as shit from what I can tell. I haven't she's met best. her yet. Um, she's but best. yeah, I mean, she just seems like cool as shit. And, watching your marriage kind of play out a little bit on social media has been honestly a pleasure like you have a wonderful marriage and it's it's uh, admirable and inspirational to a lot of people so oh. so every time y'all y'all post i want you to know that people are People are seeing what a healthy, wonderful marriage you have. And I think it's really special that you're putting it out there.
0: You know, real quick before we uh, circle back, because what were we talking about? So, oh, I, I want <laughs> to <laughs> talk about bands, how y'all, I want to talk about bands that don't have the money that y'all have mm-hmm. to do music. So we're going to get back on that. But real quick uh, to your thing about my marriage, Aisha and I, when we were both working from home, we worked from home together for almost a year and a half, saw each other every day, all day we, we you know she worked downstairs i worked upstairs but we ate breakfast together lunch dinner you know and then we get done and we be like bottle of wine brewery grilling and all that and so we spent all that time together and we still got married during the pandemic we got pregnant and i mean she is my best friend and i freaking love that woman
1: there's no mazel tov. yeah yeah fucking mazel tov there there are Few, prob- and- few couples who could actually do what y'all did, and oh, you know, also,
0: from being a divorce attorney,
1: how many divorces there were during the pandemic, dude. We we quadrupled our business. I mean, like I've literally had to hire a ton of people because of the f- amount of divorces and custody issues, and uh, it's it's and it's still getting bigger by yeah. the day.
2: Unfortunately, so with all that. You know I think. <laughs> he's like he's like back to the fucking band <laughs> so you know uh, you know seafood and fish and <laughs> guitars and stuff
0: no but uh, it is true in the fact that there there are a couple bands here in Atlanta that I would say this about, but y'all if y'all want to do something with your music. You have the means to do it you have the funds to be like hey we want to shoot a really great music video we can do that or you know if y'all need something a new instrument or new merch it's no problem for y'all uh there are bands like the ceo here in atlanta that have, you know same thing they all have really great jobs and so there are bands that you know want to do a lot of stuff but they don't have the means
2: to do it so well, dude you know what i mean it it wasn't always like that though you know what i mean like we both, you know, the, me, uh, myself, Adam, and Billy, I mean, dude, we work our freaking shit to death. You know what I mean? Like, I think m- minimally, I'm working 60, 70-hour weeks. Same thing with Adam. Same thing with Billy, you know? I mean, we work our shit into the ground, you know? Uh, so we've earned where we're at. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm. Because, yeah, we, we, we 100% invest what we're doing during the week into what we do now, right? Yeah. I mean
1: the the number one thing we most look right. forward to is playing music. And and I think tell me if I'm wrong, but where it seemed like you were going was was, you know, how does a band that doesn't have our type of budget um yes, I was afford gonna yeah. afford to do the types of things that maybe we can do. It's tough. I mean, I won't lie. I mean one of the one of the um, benefits of of our band is that we're not sitting here and you, you kind of mentioned it and you hit the nail on the head and you're like, y'all are really nice to each other. And we made a pact when we really decided to kind of go for it all, go for the brass ring, um, uh, two and a half years ago. And when we got back together, we decided, you know what? We're only going to do this if we're going to have fun doing it. And that was that's our golden rule in the band. Meaning, if 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 someone is fucking with us having fun, then they are extricated immediately. You know, like right. get the fuck out of the room because like, it's, not even, we, it's not even a question. We love playing music. Like every weekend, every week, it is the one thing that we're just like. Yes, we may have our families, our jobs, our lives, whatever the fuck we do. But everybody knows this band is playing music every week, every fucking week. We don't stop. We don't take a break. We fucking work our asses off because we want to Enjoy do this it. for our lives. We, lo- we actually we, love this we, band. Yeah, we love yeah. playing music. Now, going back to your question, we're really fortunate. As Devin mentioned, we've worked our asses off in our outside jobs to get where we are, and it affords us the ability to do anything we want to do musically, and it's fucking tough. I mean, we we during the pandemic one of the things we did to get out to everybody was we put out seven videos in 10 months. I remember. It was a year. And I'm not talking like seven videos with a fucking handheld iPhone. I'm talking like we hired massive crews and professional level crews and spent serious dollars. And we put together serious fucking videos. And, um, you know, a lot of bands couldn't do it the way that we do it. We're very fortunate from that standpoint. Um, you know, we've marketed ourselves around the world since day one and we've had the ability to do that. We have publicists in three countries, uh, right now. And the reason we're able to do that, um, is because we've been so successful outside of work. And I think that's the biggest thing we would, if you ask me for a piece of advice, I would give to musicians who maybe, you know, don't have an ample budget for their band is, you know, until you, until you make it or succeed, okay? Which is very difficult these days in the music industry. Um, You've got to have that outside source of income. You know, I know, we know musicians um, that just play music. And, you know, maybe back in the day, it was cool to go get in a van and tour and make a hundred bucks a night and this, that, the other. But, you know, this day and age, you got fucking bills. You got to take care of your shit. But fuck the bills for a second. To be a proper fucking serious pro band these days you got to have a little money you can put into the band and you got to spend it very carefully
2: oh, you know there's there's I mean there's, you just you you just gotta you just got to work your dick off you yeah. know what I mean
1: but there's 10 million there's 10 million people out there in the music industry these days that'll take your money and promo you there's promo people all over the universe these yeah. days and you got you got to know what works and where to put that listen if you're a band I I, I talked to other bands all the time that contact us, how the fuck do you market yourself as well as you do? Well, obviously we put some money into it, but we do it smartly. I don't sit here and spend money on shit that's not going to give us a return of investment. And so from a marketing standpoint or from a playing standpoint or from an equipment standpoint, you know, we don't buy shit equipment. We buy, we buy top tier equipment so we can use it forever. You know, So we can use it professionally. We're not going to waste money because every dollar is sacred to us.
0: Now, y'all are, when I say these one of the smartest marketing bands I've ever seen, like during COVID. Oh, damn, dude, thank you, man. Uh, just thank seeing you. how y'all stayed on social media when you put out songs, when you put out videos, like even while people were, sort of, a lot of bands were doing nothing at all, even in the Atlanta rock scene, the amount of times I'd get an email from Adam, hey, new song, check this out, new video. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are they doing? That? How, how the fuck are they doing this right now?
2: There again lies the uh, neckman Jew. You know what I mean? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, we're relentless, motherfuckers. Yeah. So, so at the beginning of the pandemic, so the, so we get back together to to do this thing all the way, and 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 uh, so
2: it was right before the pandemic. Yeah, it was you know? it
1: was literally in December of nineteen, uh, <sighs> and so. March twenty, we start marketing all over the world and trying to get a team together to market us properly and we, we Put out our singles and do videos and this stuff and then boom There's this thing the pandemic and it's shutting fucking society down and and so we kind of made this We had this moment where it was just like fuck this Whatever the fuck happens with the world This is a moment that we have to kind of take hold of what of, of the opportunity this horrible thing that's going on You know what? We're going to communicate with everybody. I think we're going to put out videos. We're going to reply. Listen, we made a fucking, we made a promise. We replied to every single person who communicated with us on social media as a share, as a commenter. We literally replied to probably a million people. And let me tell you, during the pandemic, they fucking dug that shit. And they listened and they appreciated the fucking, you know. uh, We look at our supporters and fans and family as family members, you know. We're going to fucking talk to them like I would talk to Devin or you.
0: I mean, if you look at your Facebook, y'all have almost 100,000 followers
3: or likes on your your band page. Yeah, we didn't
1: buy. Yeah, there's never been like a buy or anything like that. Those are fucking natural fucking supporters. It's amazing.
2: I got a friend in uh, Orlando and. She's you know a bartender down there, and she texted me like two days ago, and she was like, "Bro, you know, we were I, I, this guy came in and he was talking about like all his favorite bands, and he said that Pestles at Dawn is like one of his favorite bands." I'm like, "What the fuck? Is he drunk?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know we're I know we're good, you know what I mean, but I'm biased, you know. I mean, I love my band, you know, I love playing with these guys, but I don't know, dude. It's it it's just weird to me when somebody tells me that you know my band is their favorite band it's like do you listen to music or, if i
0: don't uh, if <laughs> in, if 30 years from now if i'm not if if someone asked me 30 years from now what are the best bands that came out of atlanta i'm gonna say bands like mastodon there are bands like tetrarch band. um and yeah, then i'm right. gonna have pistols at dawn on that list yeah,
2: thank You're, you Thank you man we're, that's, we're, I, that's, I, And nah,
0: I say that wholeheartedly Because I love your music And you can hear And the song we're about to play here in just a minute Cold uh, or whatever Ooh. it may be Song wise Y'all put such Like you said This is your fucking art Like yeah you have outside jobs But this is this is your baby almost You know what I mean And you put it, your fucking heart and soul into it Playing it And you can hear it So before I play Cold Anything y'all want to say about it? Tell them where where we did the video.
2: Oh, okay. So, real quick. uh, (laughs) What I love about Cold is... So, um, that song was originally written by me and the original uh, lead guitar player who unfortunately passed away from cancer. And uh, one of my best friends, you know, and one of the best guitar players you're ever going to... I mean, Mike was
1: a beast. We actually, just history-wise, we were together in 15. And... We wrote our first singles, and yeah. we were ready to kind of take over the world, and yeah. we had some issues, and then our right. our and shredder guitarist at the time, who honestly, when you listen to the solo in this song, or if you listen to
2: the solo on Gauntlet, That's Dude, Mike. this fucking guy... Uh, uh, he was you, he was he was my personal guitar hero. Yeah, you know what I mean. He, he yeah. was a special guitarist, and and he was an asshole, and we all loved him oh, for it. You fucking asshole! Mean? He was oh. a Sicilian. You know what I mean? Just sawed off, peppery, he fucking, would, unapologetic, you know, unapologetic. Asshole. Go fuck yourself! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like you know. shit. Yeah, you know yeah. that type of thing. Yeah, so one of this, my best
1: friends ever, man. So this was the first single that we wrote actually with Mike, and we recorded it here in Atlanta. With Jeff Tomei at Cock, at Cock, Cock of the, the walk. walk Studios, the one that Jackal owns, the Jackal lead singer yeah, uh, Jesse James, Jesse you James, James owns it, yeah. and we worked with Jeff Tomei, and it, it came out how we'd hoped. and And um, interestingly, um, a side note, uh, you know, we put out a lot of music so far, and we put out a lot of videos, and and Cold is getting a ton of play right now. Like, what's happening is all of our supporters are waiting for our, our full length album, and They're, they're going back to our original singles, I guess, to see new music and whatnot until we put it out. And cold is getting a ton of fucking play all over. And um, it's it's kind of a special, it's a special song for us. We actually did our first video there. Um, We... My, my, our director, he gave us his treatment. You know, they give us this, this kind of plan of strategy of how they're going to do our video. And he sends me this thing and he's like, yeah, I want you to rent. He's telling me I was paying. He's like, I want you to rent, um, the, uh, we're going to rent this place. Uh, it's a, it's an asylum. It's an insane asylum out of Milledgeville, Georgia. Okay. Where basically they shut down because of all the horrible fucking things that went on with people there a hundred years ago. And, uh, I was like, what? (laughs) he's like, yeah, no, 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 we're going to go do it there. So literally- It's also haunted as shit. Yeah. So we rented this fucking uh, area in front of this insane asylum that had been shut down for a hundred years. And uh, if you watch the video and a lot of our early photography was there as well, and it's fucking amazing. It's this dope, dark, windows, broken asylum looking place. I mean, it's fucking asylum. And, and, um, And we- we were there, and it was literally middle of fucking like June or July, and it was a hundred degrees outside. No, that
2: was, uh, that was right before I. Uh Went to Greece, yeah. right? So that was like September. So okay, so it uh, yeah, was I the end was, of the summer. It was hot as shit. We had all the pyro stacks. We had and
1: pyro, and we are all brutal. in pants and everything. And it's the end of summer, and it's fucking. We're all dying. We had to play the, you know, play yeah. the song a hundred times to get Myself the video. Myself and done. my
2: singer are about to pass out because we got the pyro stacks like right next to us. You yeah, know I mean? we had a lot of fire I mean, that was, night. It was brutal.
1: But but the venue and the evening and the whole thing was just a really special night at this insane asylum and and um, we also
2: uh, point of fact uh, the coolest part about the whole shoot I mean the shoot was awesome but uh, myself and uh, my bass player my singer your wife yes freaking I didn't all, go but all, they did a couple couple of the band wives you know we all broke into the place and found the morgue. Yep.
1: Yeah, you the lawyers I mean? stayed outside to make sure that there was somebody to tell their story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck we that were like shit. walking
2: around this building. It looked like fucking something out a Texas chainsaw massacre. Oh yeah, shit! It was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Cool. Yeah, it was so. a cool shoot. It was a very cool shoot.
0: Well, so, here, here it is. Pistols at dawn. Cold. Now I will say I am probably the president of the Pistols at Dawn fan club,
1: <laughs> and, we're, and we are we are grateful for that. You are you are. Uh, we, I would say that one of the things that definitely established us since the beginning was all of the support we got on Homebrew and uh, Rock One Hundred Point Five from you especially and from Axel, and but Homebrew. Uh, is a special show. Um, oh Homebrew is a special show. I, I don't think there are many um, local shows around the country that give the time that you dedicate to bands the whole week, eight thirty at night. Prim, primo spot right on the one you know the biggest rock station in Atlanta, uh, in Georgia, and and um, and online you have it as well, and it's like. It's it's massive. Um, It's a massive opportunity, I think, for bands to truly get heard.
0: Well, as when I started Homebrew in 2019 and when I got my own show on rock, I wanted to be different. And I've said this on this podcast many times and I wanted to find my niche. And I saw bands gigging at Smith's Old Bar, Star Bar, all these places all the time. And I was like, no one's covering it. No, no one's given it any attention whatsoever, like, you know, the good days of the 90s on 99X back in the day when they did that kind of shit. And so I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to hone, hone in on. This is what I'm going to do. And just like, you know, being a part of the scene for the years that I have been has been incredible. And to have Homebrew is such a win for the Atlanta rock scene. It's a huge win. Um, you know, and I, that's what I wanted it for was to give the bands here that were working so hard, whether it's bands that. Can pay for whatever they want. Like you guys are, you know, bands that scrape together every nickel just to produce a song or record one song. I'll, that's what Homebrew was for, was to give a platform to all of you. And it's just such a win. It's just such a, I'm honored to be Atlanta's rock ambassador.
1: Well, oh, it, yeah. you know, I think um, the rock bands of Atlanta, the metal bands of Atlanta, truly appreciate, at least the ones I've talked to. Truly appreciate the opportunities that you've created. It is not—I'd say—one of the hardest things as a band to make happen is to get radio play, mm. and especially on a major radio station. It's one thing to get it on an internet radio station; it's another thing to get it on a major radio station. And you give um, the giving us a week per clip. You know, when you have a, a good enough song to get on the radio, um, you know, you gotta have talent. Yeah, you gotta have talent, but. Man, I love the fact that you have a wide variety of rock bands that you play on your show, and it just shows that you know you're there to support everybody. If you've got the talent, well, send your stuff to Jackson. Dude, th- this this thing we're doing here—it's just fun. I mean, that, I'd say that's the fucking theme of our band, man. We had we had a uh, we had uh, some some stuff go down with our band not too long ago where uh, someone was injecting some non-fun shit around us. And, yeah. And we very quickly evaporated that issue, and
2: uh, because Nobody, nobody's got time for that shit. Nobody's no. got
1: time. I mean, life life is hard enough. The pandemic is hard enough. We've all got shit. Everybody's got issues. Everybody's got their own personal problems. Whatever. Fuck that. Music is is our. What is it? I mean, it's it's it's. This is just.
2: It's our. I don't know. Um, escape. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Escape,
1: yeah, like... And I think that's the thing is that one of the coolest parts about the music industry is that most of the people are actually really cool and just love music, and they just want to be a part of the music, whether it be at a radio station or whether it be DJing or whether it be in a rock band or whether it be promotion. It's all just cool to be a part of. It's like, I remember when I first started
0: emceeing shows, uh, you know, even especially for big bands too, um, uh, they'd like usher me back. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm backstage right now when I emceed for Bon Jovi. And uh, I was like, backstage at Bon Jovi, this is fucking cool. It's just fun. It it is just all about having fun. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what, you know, when it comes to bands in Atlanta, I have my bands that, you know, I love and are part of my circle and then there are bands I see sometimes that are in it for you know either trying to get famous right away they're in it for you know sex drugs and rock and roll and you know music is a business being a band is a business it's being a band is not just on stage
2: well you know the, the the ironic thing is that being in a band nowadays I mean especially for us you know playing the actual songs and writing the songs, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, hmm. but that is 20% of it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, like,
1: we, we, wrote, <laughs> we wrote the last album back last... Last uh, fall. Uh, last fall? No, no, no. no. no, no, no Summer. No. 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 Spring. spring. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. Spring. A year ago, almost yeah. a year ago, we finished <clears throat> the new album that's about to come out. It's taken a fucking year to get through pre production, post production, all the marketing stuff, bah, promo bah, stuff. Bah,
2: bah, bah, and yeah. All kinds of shit.
1: I mean, and dude, know? now there's the label stuff and there's the publicity stuff, and the publicists need three months in order to prep the first single and the video stuff and, 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 and
2: you know. Album cover approval. And, oh right, you know the twenty different what, things. What kind think. of fucking filter the album cover is going through? And right, it's and the like, new God photography. It, can we just put the album out. And yeah. what label are y'all on?
1: We're not we're, nobody. We're not yet. We're we're with our new record. Um, it's being shopped all over mm-hmm. right now by our publicists and our promo people. And we, we've gotten a bunch of different offers. Mm-hmm. We've been very fortunate, both here in the United States and abroad. But we haven't found the right offer yet. It's, it's like you said, it's, this is a 24-7 business for us. And we're very organized. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I would tell younger bands or maybe inexperienced bands or bands that even don't have a ton of money. doesn't
2: matter. It's fucking buckle up, Buttercup. Yeah, like, you know like know what I mean? create Fine.
1: your organization and be very businesslike when it comes to how you run your band because there's, if you're going to play music for a living, you got to be organized and there's so much smart about it. There's so much. Yeah. There's, no, there's so much to do uh, for the actual music industry part of it. And um, right now we're in the fortunate position to have a really cool LP. That's, that's ready to go and it's being shopped. Um, so we're being shopped to record labels and talking to different record labels and managers and whatnot. And we're trying to find the right partners to partner up with so because this is a big step for us so we'll see
0: well I know uh big things are on the way for pistols at Donna do know that do y'all do y'all find something nostalgic about do you sometimes remember the days when you first started and it was much more simple than it is now now that you're getting bigger you're getting more I actually
2: kind of miss those days yeah
0: when <laughs> <laughs> you start thinking like all we when all you had to do was go there and just you just played and then you left and that was it yeah. and you know
2: uh, nice. Yeah.
1: Devin and I Devin
2: and I have been in bands together for a long, 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 time. long time, long time. And um you know Well, same thing, same thing with me and Billy, actually. Yeah. Little little backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh myself and the bass player. Remember I told you he was the first guy I met when I moved here from Seattle. I was sixteen when that happened. So and him and I were on our first band together, you know? Uh and then that didn't work out, and then Adam and I—I uh, I think I met Adam when I was, fuck, dude, nineteen. Yeah, I mean you know? we 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 we've been
1: in multiple bands together, and then kind of this was the one we wanted to put together to right. make our true run at it, and because we're now you know we're experienced, we're a little bit more mature and experienced. Yeah, and we got some. We know we know we how to some mileage the under the wheels here. <laughs> we, know, we know how to right. do things, not waste you know not waste opportunities, and and we have the music, fortunately, but but. uh Go way back in the day, and you know we were like you know you mentioned a bunch of the bands that play around Atlanta and whatnot. Well, we used to play. We used to be that band that played to way nobody. Back in the day. We and played, just pounded it. You know, for yeah. ten people, where we played for three hundred right. people. We right. played anywhere from the Hard Rock here in Atlanta, at Red Velvet to. Velvet underground to uh, the
2: vinyl vinyl to the everywhere. old school stuff yeah, Ten high
1: and and we used to play we played Did we play, did we play
2: masquerade did not we play the yeah. international ballroom before they closed I it?
1: I mean we I'm play we played every single venue around Georgia and yeah. What you just brought up, you know the old days and nostalgic and and those were fun as hell, dude. We used to play two two nights a weekend every single week, or or we play on a Wednesday. Right. You know, back this is back when we first started playing music for dirt money, and, for, dirt, for dirt
2: money. And, and we had and to moves. we had to sell our own fucking tickets back then. Yeah, you had, <laughs> you know
1: yeah, I mean? yeah. The guy the guy guy over at Smithville Bar, I forget his name. He always made you sell your own tickets and yeah. shit. The masquerade like, made here's, you sell tickets. Here's dirty tickets, kid. So, you got it. Yeah, and then you give them the majority of the money. But you were just so happy to get on a fucking stage. It didn't really matter and. And, uh, so it is, it is, it's, it's funny cause you play cold. We wrote cold back in 2015. Yeah. And so it brings up, you know, the way that music brings up memories for all of us, whether it be a you know, breakup or important time in our life, or maybe when you have your baby, you'll have some specific music on in the background with your wife and you'll never forget it. And, and it's the same thing with us. You know, we go back to Devin, Devin and I were rehearsing today and Devin played one of the tracks we must've written shit. 15 years ago, ago, 20 years ago when we were little kids and, you know, little. And um, it was fun. And it was fun as shit. We still love playing that shit today. And it brings back the memories and the the breakups and the big band blowups and the fights that we used to have in bands. The girls we were dating back then. The girls we were dating and doing you know what with behind... You know, backstage and this, that, the other. And it was a good fucking time. We used to have massive parties in my house afterwards and I don't know, crazy shit.
2: Whatever. We were, we were, at one point, I would think we were probably the motley crew of Atlanta.
1: Yeah. So, so be in a band. That's what we're telling people because it's fun as fucking shit, no matter what level you're at. You know,
0: so uh, yeah, you, you know, hearing y'all talk about that, you know, the fun times, the good times, it is fun to look back on. Like me, I think about you know 2017 when I first started running around with these bands. You know, it's MCing for free just to get my name out there, and you know all that, and you know being out till three, three thirty in the morning, drinking, and then doing it again the next night, or coming in here and doing my show, and. I'm like, man, I would die if I did that again.
2: <laughs> if, dude, we, <laughs> we used to, we used to be machines back in the day. Like, we seriously, we would we would go out, we play a gig, and I personally would not get home until three, four o'clock in the morning, yeah. right? And kind of, you know, dude, we we would finish a, a handle, we would finish a whole yeah. b- whole bottles yeah, yeah, of yeah, alcohol
1: yeah. like it was nothing. I mean, yeah. you, would, you know, but
2: then we'd go home and have to be at work at six a.m you know what I mean like it, we were fucking machines dude you know yeah. that was that was our life you know that was our life for a long time
1: yeah I think you know? we I think we figured out you know that we we don't um like I personally one of my first gigs in Atlanta when I when I started playing in Atlanta um uh, my band got a little drunk got very drunk before I was set this is way back when and we were playing some club that doesn't exist in Buckhead anymore and I just remember that I drank a bunch that night and I played. And it it was the most it was the most embarrassing impossible thing I ever did. I didn't know I didn't understand how fucking Adler with Guns N' Roses would drink a fucking, you know, monster and bottle of fucking, fucking alcohol yeah. you know, and then go play a fucking show. It's not it's like a marathon. I wanted to die. I've never taken a drink and played again since.
2: Yeah. Adam's, Adam oh, no. Adam doesn't drink any at all. It's if a, he's it is, about to play. It is a fucking, After he plays is when marathon. he starts getting crazy.
1: You know, it's, a, I'm going to run a marathon cause I play really hard and, um, fuck, uh, you know, Devin, I think would even say just that, just that, you know, the, the people who drink a full bottle of alcohol before they get on stage, how the fuck do they do that? And no especially idea. if you're going to go be serious pro, I mean, God damn I mean even Dave Grohl I get it take a shot or two take drink a few beers get a little loose a little Dutch courage do your thing mm-hmm. but these these bands that want to do sex drugs and rock and roll fuck that man and we got to play our asses off
0: I swear the the Dave Grohl's and all these people that do drink and still play even in an older age I swear there's a pill that you know these, these bands get like before, get me the pill before they go on stage they just like drop it in and they're just like they black out and they just yeah, yeah. I swear to god I've always said that they get like some kind of pill or special drink before they go out i've
1: got the answer i think i do have the answer so i think what a lot of these bands are doing these days the big bands that still fucking drink and party it up before show after show everything is um you know these uh uh, stores that offer the ivs Mm -hmm. they literally will come to you like i have friends who go to vegas part in the way that they make it through four days of fucking crazy drinking partying is they literally every single day will have one of these IV companies they come to your fucking room and they give you all the vitamins and all the things that you need and boom It's like the it cures the hangover. Holy shit. Yeah,
2: so I lived in a uh, Los Angeles for a while and uh, Me and the guys I worked with uh, I worked second shift at the time. So it was um, two thirty to 11 o'clock at night. That was my shift and at least every other week. Um, and it was a bunch of Spanish guys I worked with. I was the only, you know, white dude on my shift, you know. <laughs> so Thursday, almost every week, all my all my Vato dudes, you know, they'd be like, hey, Vegas, let's go, let's go, you know. And, uh, yeah, we'd go out there and party it up all weekend. And Sunday night, driving back to Los Angeles, my, my dudes would be like, can I borrow some money, way? <laughs> you know, they just blew through their entire fucking paycheck. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, we got to stop doing that, man.
1: Fuck! I would have liked to have been there last night for Metallica and Greta oh, Van Fleet fuck. at the at the new stadium, dude. Greta, yes. those guys are Greta was amazing. Yeah, I didn't get legit. to see Greta oh, at the Metallica
0: show. Uh, Ash I
1: got there a little later, but
0: I they're I'm, so good. But people that want to give them shit, I'm...
2: I'm, I'm not I'm, giving them shit. No. I, I wish I could play like their guitar player. Oh, my God. You know I mean, I mean? Their like, front man's one of the best yeah. frontmen on earth.
0: Like but. you can say whatever. Yes, they sound like a little bit like them. Yes, but they have made their...
1: Stupid o- talent.
2: Well, I mean, fuck, they're opening for... Metallica on yeah, yeah. I mean, a world tour that tells you so everything about Metallica right.
1: Metallica can take anybody mm-hmm. or not take anybody and they choose to have Greta Van Fleet every night open for them because you know that they're fans of Greta Van Fleet they have no other reason to bring Greta Van Fleet they don't need people no
0: no they don't need an opener right. and you know that whoever Metallica brings is gonna get a massive amount of exposure and right. gonna you know go to the in, in Greta Van Fleet is about as far from metal
1: yeah. As you could ask for. But, man, when they opened at the uh, Atlanta show, holy shit, they mm. are talent. I mean, like, like they are so
2: good. You know what's funny is, uh, so, uh, like Adam said earlier, um, me and him went to the Metallica show here at uh, Mercedes-Benz. We pretty much broke every l- traffic law and speed limit to get to Mercedes-Benz in order to watch Greta Van Fleet— who were like he was just saying, they were fucking amazing. But the the band after that, Cage the Elephant, you know. Did you see Cage? They were incredible. Ugh dude, listen. They were
0: incredible.
1: Uh, I love I love the guy walking around with the with the big thing of wine, big jug yeah. of wine. So when <laughs> he they was when fucked they, up.
2: When they came on after Greta, you know what I mean? I I was drinking and having a good time, you know, whatever. I had a bunch of friends there all over the, the stadium. And uh Cage came on and I was just like Mm. I looked at Adam. I was like, "Bro, I'll see you in about an hour and a half." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I mean, Devin's cup of coffee.
1: Yeah, yeah let's I put it that way. I just went and walked around. The, Cage is great yeah. at what they do, and what's fascinating is that bill, that particular bill. Yeah. Why did Metallica have Cage the Elephant and Greta Van Fleet? Two bands
0: that Elephant? are nowhere near their style of music. Completely different yeah. universes. But Cage did get a little heavy in that set. It,
1: it was it was a great set. I thought they and they threw down. And the singer was was a total rock star. And yeah. And um, the band was awesome. It was just, it was just one of those things where you have to scratch your head. And, and the only thing we can say is that you know what, Metallica has some interesting taste. Yeah. You know, and they want to play with the people. And, but that you know they what, love. I
0: think it was. Because they knew that bringing a band like Greta Van Fleet, newcomer to the scene, they were going to bring a different um, demographic so like than what, them. than what Metallica, they're like the Greta totally. Van Fleet people, never were going to go to a Metallica show if Greta hadn't been opening up for them. Cage the Elephant, totally different demographics. So you had, you know, three demographics coming to your show. And it was so funny when Cage, you know, Cage was very um, flamboyant in a lot of ways. And like, you know, and their, and their showmanship, and it was great. And but there was this guy who was clearly there from Metallica wearing a uh, camouflage uh, shirt. Turns around, looks at his wife. He's standing in front of me, looks at his wife. He's like...
1: What the fuck? <laughs> De- Devin was that guy. <laughs> Devin was, that guy. I was
2: I was the crotchety old thrash metal guy walking around that, you know. Like, yeah, these fucking I, kids, they don't there. know shit about shit. You
0: know? <laughs> they don't know what fucking music is. <laughs> it was a little out there. Yeah. No, I mean, it was
1: definitely... Uh, it, They're it, great at what they do. Yes,
0: and it was very interesting to see
1: that at a Metallica show. You, uh, the you crowd know. for the, this Metallica show was so diverse. It was. You had every type of music fan. I saw uh, ki-
0: teenagers. I saw clear mo- college millennials. I saw frat, you know, people. I saw old Metallica fans in their sixties and seventies. Right. It was it was all over the place. It was a great show, though, and Metallica.
2: Yeah, uh, their, their their crowds are always fucking. Dude, great,
1: Metallica. I've, I've I've seen those guys have, more the, times Metallica, than I can count. Yeah, are always great. They, they just took it to a whole other place, and they've. They've, they, they had the perfect set and the perfect pyro and the perfect production and all the video. I mean, it was, it was, you'd think they're just over the hill. They're so, they're bigger. They're so big. It's, it's ridiculous. And four guys and there's no tracks. It's unbelievable. Y'all, y'all know the power, the the stardom,
2: the uh, that Metallica has. Like, I mean, just the godlike. Um, well, I mean, they're they're they are. And speaking metalhead to metalhead, yeah, right. I mean, these guys are deities. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I mean, they're part of the big four. You know, yeah. and they, they, they're I
1: not part of the big four. They're they're, they're
2: above everybody.
1: My, well, my, my burn barrel segment. I just talked about the big blade. four
2: the other day on yeah, my burn barrel segment. Big four, come on, yeah. you know. All they're they're part of it, and they're 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 you know the the Godfathers of a lot of subgenres, you know what I mean? And you know Metallica, they've 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 been a, a chameleon for forty years, you know. And as a fan, I'm a huge fan. I love Kirk Hammett, I love James Hetfield, and it's actually interesting because a lot of my family members that are you know music fans and like my metalhead cousin that I was telling you about getting knocked out at the show, you know, uh, he always tells me I'm the James Hetfield, you know, when I take that like a massive compliment because James Hetfield's an amazing guitar player, Mm. you know, it's like, dude, you're never going to be a lead guitar player, but you write the shit and you're an amazing fucking rhythm guitar player. It's like, cool. I like that, you know, (laughs) but, and I'll take that all day long, you know, I'd, I'd much rather be Jimmy page, you know, but (laughs) I can't play like that. Come on, you know, but, um, yeah, watching Metallica do what they do and how they sound and how they've age. changed their sound. And, you know, it's it's four guys with no product, inspiring, with no tracks. You know? yeah. It's all inspiring. Uh. I mean, no backing tracks? No. None. Yeah. There's none. nothing. None.
0: Yeah, I mean, play. and the one thing I will say about a Metallica show and Asia, my wife even said this, she goes, they sound just like they do on their music videos or on their recordings.
2: Yeah. Like, it's just that solid and yeah. that. They're tight. They're tight. Well, and, you know, I I think, honestly, uh, I'm jealous that, and I wish Adam and I had fucking thought about this, but their, their opening deal, you know, they, they have this whole Western, you know, song come on, you know, and it's fucking awesome, and I wish, like, fucking hell... Adam and I thought of something like that to open our shows with because, I mean, dude, you go to a Metallica show and you hear that,
0: woo, woo, woo
3: And you're just starting yeah. to go crazy. Yeah, right dude, up.
2: you know exactly what's about to happen. You know what I mean? It's like 7Dust, right? Yeah. They're from Atlanta, right? Yeah. And they're, they are, in my opinion, the best Atlanta band ever. You yeah. know, 7Dust, they fucking rule. But they've had the same opening song for 20-something years, you know? Black, you know? You go to a 7Dust show and you hear that you know you know fucking what's on you know it's about to go down yeah it's people are about to thrash you know
0: metallica's intro video that thing could be like an hour long and you'd still be standing there you're like it's about to happen With anticipation yeah an hour long with bated breath amazing
2: you know it's like i'm about to see metallica you know 3 hours later that entire hour
0: you're like you could you could be having to pee worse you ever have in your life like i'm not going anywhere not going hour long i'm just waiting i'm just waiting
2: Oh, yeah. love Metallica. Yeah. Love Metallica. Yeah, dude, we could go on for hours about Metallica, dude. Little uh, question for you. Have you ever seen uh, Get Thrashed, the documentary?
0: No, I have never seen Get oh, Thrashed. Oh, dude, yeah.
2: you got to watch that. Yeah, yeah. You got to watch that. I apparently right. have a lot of things that I you, have not watched. We got a list. I'll send yeah. it to you.
0: I'm, I, I am <laughs> a creature of habit. I watch the same movies and the same shows all the time. I'm just not a big... I'm, I'm not a big, you know, movie or TV watcher as sure. it is. Okay,
1: uh, hey, but, but you, if, we, if we have to leave you with one thing to watch, Almost Famous. Almost Famous is a
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Is,
1: is the—you is yeah. the, and your wife— Do y'all know we've been doing this for an hour and 40 minutes?
2: We 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 love talking We're here to, to party, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love talking to you. <laughs> I hope y'all are having fun. I'm, we're having I'm the trying, trying time. to knock the rust off. Listen, I've been I've, I've been sitting this. here looking at my watch, easy. counting down the fucking hours like so we, I can get out of here. It's
1: been here. It feels like we've been here like 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, it feels like
2: we just walked out. Yeah, down. we can talk.
1: I mean, this has been great. We're, we're we are beyond the entire uh, even though the other guys aren't here we're Our entire band is grateful that you had us We know this is your 100th episode I believe yeah. and Congratulations the first by one the way back since the pandemic started yeah. And so um, this is a massive honor for us And we're truly grateful to and, be here
0: And when y'all get as big as I know you're going to get And then I'm reaching out Y'all going to be like y'all, remember, <laughs> do y'all know who the fuck Jackson Heaton is? No, I don't, I don't know Y'all are going to forget about I'll me one day But call, I'm going to have this episode And I'm going to be like Fuck y'all I know y'all. I know y'all.
2: Like, bro, fuck you. We talked about Metallica for two fucking hours, bro.
1: You know, you know. Um,
2: I saw Almost Famous because of
1: y'all. Right. You guys I ruined my life. Movie. It changed my life. I love that movie. I feel. Yeah, dude. Uh, we we look forward to the day that you uh, remind us of these, of these conversations and, and, uh, bring us back to earth because hopefully we never
2: change so i'll tell you what though what is what is funny as shit to me and this is what i'm looking forward to after we get off here and go grab a beer but you know what what cracks me up is dude i don't know when it was i think it was like fucking last september or something like that and you were doing a, a thing about us you know and uh, Adam called me and he was like, Dude, I'm doing this thing with Jackson, you know, it's a like a face FaceTime interview. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just you know, <laughs> double fisting. I was like, God yeah. damn, Jackson's fucking badass, dude. This is pre marriage.
1: This is pre <laughs> Maybe you were dating at the time. I think we were dating. I was like, What the fuck? This dude is fucking this awesome. he ain't <laughs> having a great time.
0: Yeah. Oh, damn And then I, cool. I wish we could have drank pre marriage.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, let's just plan that at some point, maybe you'll have us back and we'll. We'll bring the rest of the band and we'll
2: bring a couple yeah, drinks we'll, with us. Yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do it right next we'll time. We'll have a cocktail. Responsibly, we'll, obviously.
1: All, all, we'll all Uber. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. We'll or Uber. call our girlfriends or wives. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, my yeah. wife will drive us around. It's all good. <laughs> I got
2: Definitely. a really cool Iron Maiden story for you, too, if you want to hear it before we leave. Please, please.
0: And then we're going to talk Pistols at Dawn, new album. Let's hear the Iron Maiden story.
2: Okay. So I hadn't been in Los Angeles very long, uh, I was working at LAX. Airport and uh, pulling to work. This big ass 747, you know, tailed in. And uh, it turns out it was uh, Iron Maiden's plane, right? And they were in LA for the night to play their show, you know, because they're lead singers, they're pilot, you know. And uh, my crew chief comes up to me and he's like, All right, which one of you guys has uh, uh, Boeing experience? And me and a couple of guys raise our hand, and it just so happens we're all metalheads, you know, because we know exactly what he's about to ask us, you know. It's like, all right, there's a 747 out there that needs a pre-flight and a couple other things. Can you guys go do it? It's like, yes, sir. You know, <laughs> all three of us run out there, and we're doing our thing. We're all, all three of us are like, fuck, we're working on Iron Maiden's plane. This is awesome, you know. And uh, so I'm sitting behind one of the tires, and I see these three guys walking towards me, you know, under the wing and shit. And uh, one of them is Bruce Dickinson, the lead singer. And he walks up, and he's like, oi, so I just want to thank you guys for, you know, working on a plane and <laughs> this is great and it's super clutch and you know so he pulls in his he, pull, he puts his hand in his pocket and he pulls out this paper he goes uh so if you guys don't have any you know uh uh, plans for tonight you know and he hands us these things and it's a vip backstage passes and tickets for the show at the forum to go see iron maiden holy you know? shit i call my cousin who lives in san diego who's a massive new album fan you know what i mean i call him and i'm like go cool. I don't care what you're fucking doing. Get in the car right now. You know, it's an hour and a half drive from San Diego to Los Angeles. And uh, he drove up, and we got to meet all the guys in Iron Maiden and all that bullshit because I got to work on their plane. It was cool as shit. Aviation. Oh, my gosh. Fucking awesome, you know? Oh, that's a great story. Yeah, it was cool. (laughs) Oh, that was a great
0: story. That was a great story. All right. Uh, Pistols at Dawn, new album. When's it coming out? What can we expect?
1: Let's hear it. Yeah, so, so we, 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 we wrote it uh, last spring. We had to do all sorts of production stuff through the end of the
2: year. Jumped through a lot we, of hoops.
1: One of the interesting things about our new album is that we, um, a producer that we used uh, yeah. was Sylvia Massey. Uh, Sylvia Massey did Tool's Monster yeah. first album um, and the one with Undertow. And um, working with her, you know, she's worked with everyone from Prince to Johnny Cash to uh, obviously a lot dual, of people, uh, right. System of a Down, you name it. So we were working with a mega producer, and she was just as easy. As she, you know, it's just like you talked about, fun. Well, working with her and her people. You know, we thought it was going to be like this real formal environment and, you know, it was all business and, you know, mega producer and she was going to have an ego and all this shit. She, she was oh, just bullshit. like as chill and so fucking hung, hung. She hung out. She talked. She was just as fun as she could be. Told us stories, blah, blah, blah. And, and so did her people. And um, the album's amazing. We, we, we believe we took it to the next level. Uh, if you listen to our original singles, they kind of have a sound. If you listen to our EP, Nocturnal UTP, they have a sound, and then we have just jumped uh, to the new sound of the new album, which uh, uh, we haven't we haven't identified. We have a name, and and well, actually, I can tell them the name. What do you think? Tell them the yeah, name. Yeah, tell them yeah, the, n- the well, name. Are we, are we getting exclusive access? you are to getting to the exclusive name? access to the name. Then the name is actually Ascension. And um, a great name. Yeah. Give well, it. Devin, uh, Devin had a great idea for our cover, which which we'll put out the art sometime once we deal with all the perf- the label company stuff. But um, we already have all the art and everything. And um, Devin had a great idea. It's kind of, you know, like the pandemic is is fortunately getting a little bit better. It's still going on, mm-hmm. but it's getting a little bit better. Life is getting a little bit more, a lot more back to normal. Um, it's not back to normal, but it's still better. Closer. and Yeah, closer. And so, you know, things are much more positive in that regard. At least that's the way we look at it.
0: So you're not terrified of just seeing people like in the same area as you anymore. Exactly. Like,
1: like it, like it was for a while. Um, You know, when we were all stuck at home and shit like Mm -hmm. that, but no. And, and so this is much more, we're ascending uh, kind of out of the darkness and into the light. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a very, it's a, we still have some serious, serious vocals on the record and serious lyrics, but it's, it's a positive record and, and, we're just coming out and basically we're ascending to the next level and taking everybody with us on our ride and our adventure. And and um, it is eight songs of just, uh, if you like fucking rock and metal, well, if you like anything we've done so far, w- just, just fucking prepare yourself because this is going to be the next.
2: Well, I mean, uh, like with that, you know, it's it's a Pistols at Dawn recording. So, I mean, you're going to get uh, a lot of a lot of different sounds from a lot of different influences and it's great. I'm proud of it. And, uh, you know, I swear, you know, I, I, I don't mean to sound, you know, Debbie Downer, but I honestly wish, um, uh, uh, Mike had been a part of this record because I think he would have been super, super proud.
0: Is this the guitarist How we're talking about? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah so, so, yeah. um, and that's not to diminish Tommy, you know what I mean? Right, like right. Tommy obviously is a fucking amazing guitar player, but you know, and in a, a lot of lot of ways, you know, Mike Bufa, he's the, he's one of the original founders of pistols at dawn, and you know, when we we get into a writing mode, you know, I I always have him in mind because you know I want him to be proud of the product that we're putting out. You know what I mean? And that's important to me. That's important to Adam. That's important to Billy. You know, mm. um, but again, I you know I think honestly, I think Mike would be super proud of this fucking record. You know
1: we uh we have 8 tracks on it uh, it's a full length album it's going to we'll announce more information soon just follow us on facebook at pistols at dawn band um you can go to our website pistolsatdawnband.com or follow us on instagram at pistolsatdawnofficial and um you know we like to engage uh if you follow us on facebook or instagram or anything we engage a ton we communicate a ton we'd like to give out a lot of information and we, we give a lot of things away too, so it's worth following us. And uh but the new record, uh we're excited. It's gonna take you on an adventure from from true fucking badass metal to old school badass metal to Straightforward hard rock to some 90s poppy kind of rock shit that we'd never expected it to turn out that way But god damn, it's good. Yeah, and it so we're awesome. gonna take you on a fucking really interesting ride And we really feel proud and we hope Jackson that you'll tell us after you really sit down with it and have a few drinks um that that when you listen to it start to finish that it's one of those albums that you enjoy listening to it start to finish like it was it was i'd say one of the goals that we think we accomplished which we hope hope people find with the new record is that start to finish there's not a fluff fucking song there's not that song you just go up next one Mm -hmm. next one next one we really tried to put together an adventure on this
0: well i know uh several tracks on it will be on homebrew i have uh no doubt about it forward
1: to that and we're We'll be I'll be, we'll, I'll be I'll be sending them to you and driving you fucking crazy <laughs>
2: We'll be we'll be here to hang out with you and drink some beer and whiskey on on air to, God damn Right, you know Freaking uh. listen to the shit
0: y'all are now veterans of the scope podcast and you're now uh, Some automatic favorites of the podcast pistols at dawn episode number 100 of the scope podcast It is now time for beer
1: beer beer, please. Thank you.
0: And until next time Rock on and rock hard. Rock out with your cockouts. <laughs> <laughs>